The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. We're taking a look into this study, a recently published study titled Violence in Alberta's Urban Schools, the Perspectives of School Resource Officers. It was uh, put together by um, Professor J.K. Donlevy, who we just spoke to, and Tabor Police Chief Graham Abella. Chief Abella joins us this afternoon. Welcome to the show, Chief. Good afternoon. All right. It uh, was interesting uh, talking with uh, Dr. Don Levy about some of the things that jumped out um, at him as the result of this study. We talk about the hypersexualization of students uh, in schools, uh, about cell phones. We talked, we got a little bit more into um, what violence looks like in uh, Alberta schools. Um, what jumped out for you, Chief, when? When you looked at all of the data that was compiled, what was it that really, I don't know, shocked you or made you take a pause? Yeah, I wouldn't say there was much that was overly shocking for me, but I can tell you that mm-hmm. um, some of the things that were really interesting to me uh, were around the use of the um, the apps and the use mm. of social media within the manifestation of violence that occurs within uh, Alberta's urban schools. Uh, so what I'm talking about there is that um, you know, both you know, perpetrators and victims are on these apps, and uh, the, uh, the the act of violence is carried out, uh, especially with uh, girls, uh, mm-hmm. to be on a continuum for quite a long period of time, and um, the the social media as a as a the platform is actually used to perpetuate the violence and you know that historically we didn't have that right because we didn't have things like smartphones and we didn't have apps some of the studies that were completed you know prior to ours um although often talked about the number of violent acts that occur within schools including the recent cbc marketplace study which uh, you know drew conclusions about how much violence was incur- occurring in schools nothing really looked at how does violence actually occur and how does it manifest so it, you know one of the, the findings that we had was that there needs to be an amount of literacy uh, with regards to the use of smart apps uh, with parents and with with uh, school resource officers as well as with teachers uh, to understand the nuances of how violence actually manifests itself through the social media platforms and uh, i think we need to you know get a better handle on that understand it and uh, in our view we should follow the direction uh, of ontario and others uh, to you know get a get some control and use the cell phones within schools i think that's one way in reducing violence yeah, and I and I wonder how that could even be done. I was talking to my husband, who is a, is a teacher, before the interview, and we were, were talking about this study, and he just, you know, it's an ongoing battle in the classroom, and, you know, different teachers have different ways of, you know, um, controlling the use of, um, of of smartphones in classrooms, but I, I to me, that's almost uh, a losing battle. It's just, it's like pounding your head against the wall. I'm not sure, um, although Ontario is, is working through it uh, right now but how do they do it how do they do it successfully yeah those are really good questions and i think you know it takes team effort right so yeah um when we're when we're talking about just community to raise a child part of that community is the school resource officer and yeah. uh, the position of the school resource officer in schools is you know they're flagship community policing programs and uh, sros being involved in the you know the policy creation as well as the um 
uh, some of the training that we can give to SROs in relation to um, violence in school threat risk assessment, as well as identifying other issues that are occurring in school and some of the literacies that I already talked about with regards to social media. I think that types of training would assist in that regard, even though, you know, the outright ban may not be possible. I think working yeah. uh, together, we can definitely curb violence in schools. Well, and that's one of the recommendations, uh, one of the suggestions in the study is a better relationship with all sorts of different levels, you know, between the school, between the SROs, between the Ministry of Education, the province, and, you know, having some, um, you know, maybe a yearly conference, a yearly learning session, whatever it is. And I think that would go a long way to to helping on some fronts. Chief, I was really interested with some of the comments of the SROs that you talked with about... Um, about how they felt about their own job. And I, I found it interesting to, to read, um, and this was from the study, it says officers interviewed for the study said they received little to no specific training for their roles. They relied heavily on their basic police training and experiences as well as the occasional tangential uh, specialty course. We need to do a better job on that front, don't we? Yeah, I think we do. It's, it's not saying that, you know, we haven't... Um you know, being diligent in getting our officers ready for the jobs that they're they're going to in the different roles within the policing services. It's just that there's many of them, right? And mm-hmm. uh, in our basic training, uh, we do, you know, there's 26 weeks there, uh, there give, or, give or take a week, where we try to put everything into that little capsule of what it takes to be a police officer. And sometimes we just, you know, need to make sure that if we're going to specialty sections, that we have um, the, you know, the requisite training, knowledge, education, to discover the nuances that are going to happen when you go into those specific roles. And, you know, we've all done it a little differently. And I think what we could do to, to improve school safety, which is, all, you know, the goal of the study, is to yeah. maybe have a look at that and say, hey, could we improve our training standards or identify some training standards that could make each school resource officer that's going into those positions have the same type of background, understanding, um, uh, understanding of the law, uh, the nuances of being an SRO, and, and provide that to them before they go into the role. Um, I think, you know, we've, we can improve in that regard, and that's one of the recommendations that came out of the study. And Chief, what, what other reforms do you think need to be made on that front? Well, you know, the culture of policing is such that sometimes um, the job of the school resource officer isn't necessarily as uh, respected, maybe a word, or yeah. uh, as, as admired uh, within the mm-hmm. police culture as, as perhaps it should be. You know, these are flagship community policing programs that, um, and in, in my world, uh, in Tabor, I, I put my best officers into the school resource officer position because I know that the school is the hub. And that's where kids who uh, come to school with issues, kids that need a positive role model in their lives, kids that need uh, to be protected from some of the ails that occur at home. You know, we're talking about addictions and violence and things like that. They come to the school and and that can be sometimes for them their only place of safety. And it's very important that we understand the compassion and empathy that's taught in the school resource officer function, uh, in my view, needs to be more culturally accepted uh, within policing than it is now. We're moving in that direction, but I think, uh, you know, we can get there um, quicker with a little bit more of a cultural change. 
Chief, we are seeing school districts across the country and, and in North America getting rid of the SRO program. I know in Ottawa, Toronto, in Edmonton right now, the, uh, the public school board trying to figure out uh, the future of the SRO program uh, here. Um, there had been questions about uh, transparency, about the collection of statistics, that sort of thing. Um, would you agree that there needs to be a better job of information shared about what's being collected, what's being found out between the SROs, between the police service and the school boards? Uh, for sure. I think each jurisdiction has their own type of reporting methodology that they use to mm-hmm. their school boards and or to their police commissions. Uh, and I think if we could standardize that and come up with a rubric that would be, um, you know, could be better deployed by police service, I think that would be another recommendation of our study, and it's in there. Um, I, I think, you know, specifically, you've got a chief in Edmonton who's cutting edge mm-hmm. in relation to being data-driven and using evidence-based practices. Yep. Uh, he needs a chance to, to to move his agenda forward, and I think you can see some excellent results. Um, the uh, SRO function is not a bunch of police officers hiding behind lockers trying to catch kids doing bad things. And uh, I understand the perspectives of some who see police officers as being scary or police officers as being... Um, uh, it may have come from places where police were, uh, they've had negative experiences with police. Yep. Uh, and I totally get that and I recognize it. And I, you know, on the other side, though, my experience is that the school resource officer in our community is the hero that the police officer look, that the, the youth look up to as, as a role model and someone that they can come to for help. And, uh, you know, they're relationship builders, uh, they're network builders, they help build resiliency in community. And I've seen the results of that. I've seen in our community uh, almost a, uh, no youth crime uh, in, in this community. Wow. You know, we, we have very few charges that are brought before the, the youth court. Our, our dockets maybe have one or two names on them. And that's because uh, I directly give that credit to the school resource officer and the program that we have in our community that's been able to build resiliency so those kids don't undertake criminal activity in their future. And, that, and those relationships that you build as a school resource officer assist policing and assist community wellness throughout the career of a police officer. Those officers come back into the patrol unit and they have the relationships with all those people that they developed earlier in their career and it just continues to bloom and flourish in the community policing models that we have in, in Canada. There's no better program than the school resource officer program and um, when done correctly, I support it 100%. And Chief Abel, I want to thank you for your time. Unfortunately, we're going to have to leave it uh, leave it there this afternoon. I look forward to talking with you again in the future. Thanks for this. Thanks very much.